Tune in to The Bum every Friday with Donna Ali to talk about black-owned minority businesses. The Bum will be interviewing people and reviewing products from the south of Wales. You can learn and get involved. From 9 to 11 on Radio Cardiff. Welcome to The Bomb Podcast with me, Donna Ali. The Bomb stands for Black Home Minority Businesses, brought to you by Be Excellence. Our aim is to amplify and celebrate Black Home Minority Businesses from South Wales, giving a voice to the voiceless. This podcast consists of recordings from Radio Cardiff's weekly show called The Bomb, where I get to be in conversation with some of Wales's inspirational leaders and achievers from the Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic community. It's about equity. Please check out the description in the podcast bio and visit our website www.thebomb.uk. We hope you enjoy this podcast. So where was the inspiration for the book? Thank you very much. Um, The inspiration was my hair, growing up in Cardiff, dealing with my hair, um, still now learning to manage my hair really. So it's just a bit of an autobiography with a bit of magic. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'll just show the audience the book, actually. It's called Your Hair is Your Crown. So it's the story of a little girl called Hope who lives in Cardiff. And uh, we'll let Jessica talk, talk about the reasons why it was set in Wales. But it's beautiful. The illustrations are absolutely stunning. And the landmarks everyone in Wales could recognise. Um, so, yeah. And the other part of the book is uh, well, another little book is called Outstanding, which really just lets little girls know that they can be anything they want to be. So it's a really important message about aspiration and um, just letting them know that it's possible. So I love that. I, I just love everything about this one. So, um. So you said, Jessica, it was about your hair. So what, what issues did you have? I know I know what it's like. I, my hair's not actually Afro, but it's very, very curly. So I know it can be challenging. So what, what issues did you have growing up then in uh, regards to your hair? Oh, I'm still having the issues now. <laughs> so, um, it's only been since the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor where I've started to wear my hair natural. So until then, anyone else would know me either in braids or in a weave or straight in my hair. So at growing up, my mum is white, Welsh. I would want to look like my mum. I never understood why I didn't. And she would try and straighten my hair for parties or just blow dry it. And it would never work, obviously. Two minutes later, it would poop up again. And I never got around it, but I would keep straightening my hair until my 20s. Um, so that was kind of like there needs to be a book that actually I have to embrace it. And I've realized now actually I'm much better with my hair natural. It's it's who I am, actually. So, yeah, I think I do you think there was a lot of pressure then on women, black women to straighten their hair um, to, to kind of conform to what the normal or what norm is supposed to look like. Um, definitely, I would say. I, w- I wouldn't say it was pressure. There is definitely pressure, especially in, like, say, the workplace. I mean, I'm very much well aware that my hair is a political statement, which is why I've decided to wear it natural and, well, since George Floyd until every kid, well, is not affected like I am, really. I mean, it, sh- it shouldn't be right that people are crying because of how their bodies are. And teachers, I mean, I remember in high school once a teacher accused my sister of wearing makeup and wiped her face with a wet wipe. But obviously she wasn't wearing makeup, it was a natural complexion. But, you know, just not accepting our African features is just 
not on. Wow, that's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. I've heard lots of people talk about the fact that their hair is a subject in the workplace. And um, yeah, that's just crazy. You know, I mean, in one way, it's nice because when they want to touch it, it's that curiosity, I guess. But at the same time, you're not a subject. This is your private space and people shouldn't have the feel the right to be able to touch you as if you're like a subject or something. But um, so so obviously you said um, you felt more confident in wearing your hair, um, at, you know, with natural state since George Floyd. Do you think this is going to have an impact on little girls now? Um, I hope so, because I know a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say like, okay, what do I do now? My child has this complex. She wants to look like Frozen, but she'll never look like the girl from Frozen. Um, so, which is why I wanted to create a character that looked like them. So I really hope so. And I've kind of made a vow myself that if I'm going to be working with children or I'll be seen, then I'm not going to have braids or my hair straightened. They need to see that in schools. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'm willing to let them see my hair straight and only if they're going to pour a bucket of water over my head to see what happens. That's about it. But yeah, sure. People need to set an example. And I know that I've seen teachers in school where they do use protective hairstyles or you, there is no, I haven't seen a teacher in school with their natural hair yet. If I see a teacher wow. of color at all. Yeah, that's true. That's that's another issue. That's another conversation, isn't it? So the book was set in Wales. I love the name Hope, actually. Um, Just talk about a little bit why you decided to call the little character Hope. Oh, well, the Hope hope actually changes. When you translate her into Spanish and French and everything, um, Hope doesn't translate very well. So she she becomes Athena because there there is a translation in every language. But Hope was really just kind of obvious I hope things will change from this yeah so yeah. that that was it really I mean my yeah, father no. called Charles my mum's called Diane and the rest of it is oh you know. wow so you named it after your parents I was wondering where the other names came from as well so I was, I was quite interested in that I forgot to remove them but actually it's pretty it's pretty good I I prefer it like that because when I was growing up my the princess and prince of wales were charles and diana so oh, I love that, <laughs> that my parents were named like that so um, yeah it's good yeah pretty i didn't even, that didn't even cross my mind to be honest mm-hmm. i'm just going to turn to the pages in the book i just wanted to bring um a reference to other characters actually as is St. david say today this is why we did this interview as well and to come out today so We've got a lot of Welsh, Welsh references. So we've got Dewey the dragon here. And that's Hope there's meeting Dewey down Roth Park. I love that. And what I love more is, is how you creatively created a mermaid. And her name is just absolutely brilliant. Where is she? She's so pretty as well. Aphrodite. Get that, everybody. <laughs> Aphrodite. That's amazing. That's so that's such a such so creative, such a creative idea. Why did you feel that it was important to um to do the story in Wales? Um, well, there was an option really to translate it. I could just use a city in France and just name the landmarks, but then I realized, well, people know British books from everywhere, and why not have Wales go everywhere, which is why I've kept Kutch in every language, and even my editor is English, was like, you know, we don't know what that means, but I've adopted a foreword just to make that point, like, well, we're accepting French and German and Latinisms, all these words, we accept these in our language, but why are we not accepting 
British words, which are Celtic words and Welsh yeah. words, you know, why do we not accept this? So it's kind of like um, there are little undertones of politics in there, but it's it's all fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was very cleverly, cleverly written. And I love the fact that you put the word kutch in as well. And hopefully um, that'll go global and lots of people will start adopting the word because I love the word kutch. So just a little content then to your background. You um, work within an organization, you, your parents run an organization, which is translation. Is that right? Um, I am the director of Ambassadora Translations and Language Solutions. So um, we're the only black owned, I'm the only black owned uh, translation agency in the UK so we translate everything from websites product packaging to providing interpreters and subtitling or anything to do with language that's what we do yeah. and last month I launched Lily Translates which is just translation dedicated to children's books and then I published my books through Lily Translates so I'm actually a translator I'm still getting used to being called an author <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it'll take a while, but you obviously naturally are. And um, this book was obviously in you from, you know, from your childhood, just bursting to get out. And now is the best time, isn't it? It's brilliant. What I love is the fact that you're, because you're a translator, this book will hopefully go global and lots of people in other countries will have a little taste of Wales, really, won't they? And they understand it. And if they ever do come here or even if they Google it because they'd be curious, they'll be able to see our landmarks and our, our wonderful Millennium Stadium. We've had the rugby on the weekend, which I did wear this yesterday, but I spilled a drink on it. So I washed it and wearing it today, <laughs> ready for uh, uh, St. David's Day. But, yeah, we've got such a, such a you know, a, a very... Um, rich culture here in Wales and, and I'm hoping that the 365 curriculum will start highlighting a lot of our black history here what do you think about the 365 and do you think that you could start maybe incorporating some of your book and you know your history the black history in Wales into some books um I love the 365 initiative I sing the praises of anyone who's working behind it and race Cymru and I think you know the sooner the better I'm pretty sure if I was represented in school, within my school books, I would have got a GCSE because, quite frankly, I've got a master. I'm halfway, four weeks off a master's degree, but I have a bachelor's degree in translation. But I don't have any GCSEs or A levels. You know, it's it's only in my adult age. You know, I've I've done more research. Thankfully, I've I've, I've I went to a Saturday school where we learned a Pan African school where I learned this. But it bothered me that when I got to school, no one knew this stuff, and it was like yeah. we well, have a conversation especially if say you you'd correct a teacher so mm. you know, I don't have a history GCSE. so mm. when this comes in I think we'll see more children achieving higher grades and and being a bit more interested we're all bored of hearing about Henry VIII and what he did to his wives why do we need to always it's the same stuff all the time so yeah absolutely yes you're you're absolutely on point yeah I mean you know when I left school I didn't reference any of that history and I actually I don't have a GCSE I didn't have any GCSEs um I like you came into education again when I was uh well I graduated last year so um and I don't think is from lack of not being academic I think it was um it's just the school experience for a lot of people from black and brown you know um experiences they just they see you as like you know if you do something successful they see you as being like out of the box like it's extraordinary that we can actually have an intellect you know it's crazy and I think that really needs to change um, my passion is 
for education in schools and you know I know a lot of work is going on at the moment but I'm really excited for the future Jessica especially with people like yourself creating books like this where little people little girls especially can see themselves you know and and then not just like physically but in and in their cultural aspect but in what they can be and what they can do and I think that's really what you've done is massively important and I'm really excited for that to really you know kick off and I, I want to hear people talking about it so I'm hoping after this um, conversation people are going to go and buy your book off the website and um and yeah give it to a gift for somebody and it's not just for black children either it's for white children they're white friends isn't it to be able to see why their friends may struggle with their hair or why their hair is um you know the way it is and actually is magic and it's beautiful yeah absolutely well the undertone of the story really is to celebrate the multiculturalism although it's told through a story of my hair because I can relate to my hair but you know you'd have to embrace the beauty of how I have friends from India Pakistan Afghanistan everyone's here so there is magic from all over the world here in Cardiff and and it's true if you don't if you're not proud of who you are, you can't really appreciate it and you can't appreciate yeah. other people's cultures if you're not really familiar of your own. So really, I want this to, to be a story. You know, if you're wearing a hijab, that's what makes you unique. If you're in a wheelchair, that's what makes you unique. Anything that makes you different, just embrace it because once you embrace it, your life will be so much better. Yeah, definitely. And people see the beauty in it as well. So, yeah, I think it's really, really important what you've done. I'm looking forward to any other books. Do you have any any kinds of plans to develop any other books? Um, the boy version of Outstanding is, is underway already because they want to leave the boys out. Although there's a bit of a different message there. I think boys already have a lot of pressure to be the best that they can, and especially with black boys, to saying that. And then you've got institutional racism. It's not really, really going to be that helpful. So I'm, I'm kind of want to change it where it's more, you know, you are an outstanding boy, but you, no matter what you do, you're enough. So it's going to be changed slightly, but still the bit the same layout. And um, I'm looking forward to welcoming authors. There are going to be a few more authors coming up and, and helping people produce their books. And I am keen to start one which will counteract um, Islam, Islamophobia because I've got seven nieces and nephews who are Muslims. So that's my next one. Wow, I'm going to co-author that with a Muslim woman so she can guide me because I can't relate to where yeah. I have and that completely. So that will be, um, I'm looking to collaborate with people more now. It's a bit lonely writing on your own. Wow, that's amazing. And, and black males in particular uh, have been disproportionately, you know, excluded from school since the 50s. That hasn't changed, you know, so maybe something around education and, and you know, that can encourage them because that really needs to change. And that's something I'm really passionate about. So, um, yeah, good luck with that. I'm really looking forward to, to reading that one. That'll be really interesting. So you said there about other authors. So what was the process like then? So, you know, writing a book, was it difficult to write, not just to write it, but then the process of getting it published? How difficult was that? Um, I think it would have been a lot more easier if I'd spoken to someone. <laughs> um, I wrote my book, uh, your hair is your crown on November the 4th 2020 and then um, I was producing it I was waiting for the illustration illustrations so I used an illustrator in in Russia who's amazing um, so that was just trying to explain what I wanted in the picture but thankfully she was brilliant I had to typeset the book and do all of these things myself because I didn't know who to go to and didn't really have enough money to so I had didn't really have enough choice but to um 
self-published because no one's really accepting these um, new admissions. And I even saw it with my editor where she would filter out the healing parts of the books. Like you see, I've repeated, um, she's got beautiful, thick uh, Afro hair. I've purposely repeated that where she wanted to take it out. But if we've not been represented in books in centuries, um, if I want to repeat how beautiful her hair is and yeah. her skin is, the editor needs to to understand that and not omit what she thinks yes. is relevant and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah um, you keep repeating the unleashing of a curls. Yeah. yeah. I remember I remember that being quite profound actually. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It's your book, you know. I know they have to edit it, but it's your passion and it's your story and your message, you know. So I think um you are right to keep it in and well done for standing your ground because I think a lot of people when they're first starting out would have done what they think the author what the editor wanted really. So yeah. So what's it's a good shout as well. You, really? How dare she? I know she, <laughs> she got the run. <laughs> she needed a big coach, Jessica. She would understand what it meant then. <laughs> so how is there any advice that you can give to anybody out there then? Because um if you're not an you don't come from an author background, obviously this is a new thing for you. I mean, that is absolutely awesome in itself. You know, you wrote it on November the the fourth. What are we? Like you know February the 28th and already is published and getting out there already it's amazing and the illustrations they they're so detailed so that must have taken a long time you know but already it's it's done it's possible it shows that it's possible what advice would you give to people who would like to do that just do it I just say do it because don't rely on other people's um opinions let's say because if I had had to rely on a big publisher to get my book out it wouldn't have existed at all um so I would just say just do it and they can contact my website I'm happy to help people that's exactly what I want to do I am launching a publishing house Dunrod Publishing House Wales is coming soon um so that is I'm gonna try and do it in a way where they're not gonna end up in a room and get a massive fee like the other publishers are I want to be able to to help fund it so parts of my book are going towards paying for projects for people who just don't have money to make to pay for illustrations and books like that so for these voices in Wales so oh that's amazing that that's that's even that's amazing to give back and to you know continue this process because with the BLM like you mentioned with George Floyd people think that is a mo- it was just a moment and it stopped but it hasn't and there's so much going on in the background um and new initiatives coming out like I said and doing that what you're doing is just fantastic I've always wanted to write a book I think all of us have a great book in us and I wouldn't have a clue where to start I really wouldn't have a clue um but, so that's really encouraged and I may come to you in the future you never know <laughs> you never know (laughs) so what would you say then within the book are the key messages that you would like a young reader to take from it oh okay well there's no place like Cardiff and there's no place (laughs) in the world like Rove Park Lake and I've I've tried my best to travel as much of the world as possible and there's no place like Rove Park Lake that was that was my place my dad would take me on some days so um taking from this book is just be proud of who you are essentially because life is much better like that and if you've got curly hair don't Mm -hmm. wish for it to be any other way um and embrace that magic and if your friend has curly hair um you know just admire it you know and and specifically for teachers a message for teachers out there 
don't yeah. say silly things like, oh, wouldn't you prefer your hair to be nice and straight? I've heard that. You yeah. know, it's, um, it's, it's their duty to celebrate every child and every all of their personality traits and their features. So if they're a, if they're a problem child, then <laughs> they're not doing their job right if they're considering a child to be like that, and especially yeah. if it's under racial tones. So, um, yeah. but the main main part of the book is just love Wales, love yourself, and don't forget Dewey the Dragon lives at the top of that lighthouse. You've been listening to a podcast by the Bomb part of a series called In Conversation with Donna Ali. The Bomb was created as affirmative action in business, amplifying black and minority businesses in South Wales, which is a project run by Be Excellence, a community interest company. This podcast is an intentional creative space of affirmative action in media, because representation matters. Thank you for listening. I had the mind, I'm dropping the bomb. Oh, <laughs>